0: Welcome to the Lifehouse Church Podcast. More information about Lifehouse and our senior pastors, Richard and Helen Kavakian can be found at lifehouse.com.au. We hope you enjoy the following message.
1: Right from the outset, I want to encourage you with three L's. This is the way I want to encourage you to engage today. I want you to lean in, I want you to actively listen, and I want you to learn, but here's the difference about today's learning. I want you to learn as if you were gonna teach someone else. Benjamin Franklin put it like this, and I love his quote. He said, Tell me and I forget. Teach me and I remember. Involve me and I learn. So what does that mean for us? I want you to be involved today. I want you to engage from wherever you're watching from. I want you to amen, I want you to be taking notes. Get out your phone, whatever it is that is gonna help you learn. Get out your hard copy Bible, remember these? Get one of those out and start engaging in today's word. I believe it is gonna bless you. Well, we've been in the middle of a series that we're doing here at Lifehouse called Devoted. We're our third week in, I wanna encourage you, whether it's through podcasts or on our YouTube channel, you can check out week one, we talked about Unpacking the word of God about the apostles' teaching. Week two, last week, Pastor Ben Higgins talked about uh, the power of prayer, paying, praying bold prayers. That encouraged me. Every one of these has been really encouraging. And I'm going to unpack the third part of that today. But we've been going through a particular passage of scripture that you find in Acts 2 and this whole series is called Devoted and we wanna inspire you to devote yourself, to be a passionate follower of Christ yourself. And it comes from this passage of Scripture in Acts 2 where it's actually the birth of the early church. You know, uh, in early parts of this passage, you see the Apostle Peter. This is the guy, come on, you've got to catch this. This is the guy who denied Jesus three times, who thought his life was a write-off. Then, you know, in one amazing conversation, Jesus restores him back to his original purpose and design. And you see him now on Pentecost. He preaches one message that leads 3,000 people to get saved. And after that moment, it tells us what they devoted themselves to. But I wanna just go a little bit further, step on to see what happened as a byproduct of them devoting themselves. And you'll see this in Acts 2 verses 43 to 47. I'm gonna read it right here for you. It says, a deep sense of awe came over them all. This is that early church, and I believe everyone else will want this. And the apostles performed many miracles, signs and wonders right there, wherever you're watching from. Put up your hand if you would love to see a miracle, a sign and wonder happen in some area of your life. And all of the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. Talk about generosity and unity. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. I love this. They worshiped together at the temple each day, that's our Sunday services, and met in homes. And we're gonna talk a lot about grow groups today for the lord's supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity are you getting this? this sounds like awesome i want to be part of this church all the while praising god and enjoying the goodwill of all and each day the lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved, that there was this addition, there was this increase as generosity and signs, wonders, miracles, people selling their homes and literally giving to those in need. Friend, I'm telling you, that's not only an expression and picture of his early church, I believe that's God's plan for the church of the 21st century. And the Lifehouse, wherever you're watching from, this is the church that we're a part of. But you know, those five verses, verses 43 to 47, are amazing and I'm sure you watching and listening right now, you're like, where is this church? I wanna be part of that church. Friend, that was all built on the precipice of verse 42, the preceding verse. And verse 42 of Acts 2 says this, all the believers, that was all those people when Peter got up and gave that message and the ones who were already following Jesus before that, did this key thing, it says, devoted themselves this whole series about devotion about the being devoted is all based on this platform scripture they devoted themselves but what did they devote themselves to it tells us here very clearly in this passage to the apostles teaching we talked about that in week one to the to fellowship and i'm going to unpack that one for you today and the sharing in meals including the lord's supper and to prayer we talked about that last week but here's a thought and a challenge that i want to put down to you right from the outset if we want verses 43 to 47, if we want that to be our reality, if we want that to be the church that we are a part of, I've heard it said like this, if you want what they had, maybe we have to do what they did. You know, seeing a result, seeing someone that's doing great things, we all love the end product, but we're often not willing to commit ourselves to the process that leads to greatness. And today, I just wanna be very, very upfront. I'm gonna put a disclaimer in there for you so you can't come back to me at the end of this and go, hey, you never warned me. I wanna make it very clear. There's gonna be moments in this message where you are gonna be super encouraged. You're gonna feel by the end of this message, you can run through walls because you're gonna be empowered to do what God's asking you to do. But there are gonna be moments in this message, don't forget, this is a disclaimer, spoiler alert, this is a disclaimer, there are gonna be moments where you are gonna be challenged. And why am I so adamant about challenging you? is because that's the only way change comes through the platform of challenge. So in those moments where you're feeling a bit uncomfortable, I want to encourage you to dig deep. I want to encourage you to sit right there, keep watching, keep listening, because I believe on the other side of this message, if you would take what we talk about today and start applying it to your life, you will start to experience the change that God wants to bring. So as we unpack the third part of this devoted series, I want to talk to you today on the topic, the power of partnership. Will you pray with me? Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that we get to be part of your body, the beautiful bride of Christ. And as we partner together with you and with each other, we can do inevitably more for your kingdom to grow and your kingdom to come through our lives in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, if you agree, say amen and be ready. Post your heart, remember, you're, le- you're leaning in, you're gonna listen, and what we're gonna to learn together today. But I wanna revisit uh, that passage of Scripture, Acts 2, 42. And I wanna unpack this particular word that we're gonna talk about today. And it says, all the believers devoted themselves. Come on, where, where you are, say those two words, devoted themselves. You know, not wanna say it when I hear devoted themselves. No one had to follow them up. No one had to chase them. No one had to be overly encouraging. Don't get me wrong, encouraging is great. I'm literally a hyper encourager. I get it. But these people had an inner desire to just wanna be more like Jesus, follow Jesus, be obedient to His Word, give all the stuff that we read in in those verses 43 to 47 to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, you'll see on the bottom of the screen that word's underlined for you, and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. Now that word fellowship, maybe for you, maybe it's the first time you've heard it, maybe you've heard it for a long time and it's become old school, but let me tell you something. If we decide to to devalue a word or water it down or not give it its appropriate worth, it actually loses its meaning and value. You know, I'm gonna mention some kind of, let's call them old school biblical terms, but friend, I wanna, I wanna rejuvenate them, I wanna revive them, I wanna actually present them to you in such a way that they actually make sense to you. And I'm gonna give a very easy to understand meaning of each of these words. What about the word sanctification? And if you wanna know what that actually means, it's devoting yourself to becoming more like Jesus. You know, the moment you give your life to Him, that's saying, Jesus, I make you my Lord and my Saviour, but sanctification is the lifelong process of you wanting your life to look more like His. What about the word obedience? You know, obedience is almost such a, a word that has been watered down, they're even ejecting it out of marriage vows because it's lost its meaning. Look at this, devoting yourself, this is the meaning of obedience, devoting yourself to respond to God's word. Now not just his spoken word to you via the Holy Spirit, but to his written word. What he says is what we do. And I'm going to I'm going to make it very clear in a moment. This is not about perfection. You're going to see what it's all about in just a moment. And what about this word? How many of you remember the word holiness? That word holiness, devoting yourself to live God's way, making decisions that sometimes in the face of popular opinion, of the norm, of what's happening, um, what's happening out in society, we've got to make a decision to live God's way if we are a follower of Christ. Now let me, I've given some pretty um, evident descriptions there of these words that we maybe we consider old school, but let me tell you what Christianity is all about. Christianity is not about perfection you trying to make it to some sort of status that you think now you've reached um, a pinnacle. You know, the Apostle Paul himself said, not that I have attained it. He understood that there was this constant um, pursuit, this constant moving forward to becoming more like Jesus. I want you to look at this quote. Christianity is not about perfection. It's about pursuit that when you fall in love with Jesus, come on friend, when you, that that spouse that you've had, that, that husband, that wife, when you engage in that relationship, when you come into intimate personal relationship with Jesus, you wanna turn your life 180 degrees and go after all that He has for you. So the things that don't reflect Him, the things that He knows is damaging your life, He wants those things to fall away. He wants to give you the power That's what I love about it. When He departed from planet Earth in His physical form, He said to the apostles, do not leave this place until you receive the power. He doesn't expect you to get it right on your own, but as you pursue Him, the Holy Spirit gives you the power to be all that He has called you to be. Come on, get excited about this, clap, whatever you're gonna do, do a backflip in your lounge room. I'm telling you, this is the absolute truth and we get to see it. And when it comes to, I'm gonna say it again, when it comes to words that we don't validate with the right meaning, They lose their value. And I think when it comes to this word fellowship, we've basically watered it down to basically hanging out, high fiving, drinking tea and scones. It's just like, oh, we'll just hang out, we'll just, you know, catch up. And and I'm all for that. Connection is so, so important. But recently, my wife and I did this incredible um, Bible plan on the YouVersion Bible app. And we came across this definition of this uh, this word fellowship, but I'm gonna give you some warning. It is really, really strong, it's really healthy, but there's this Greek word that I'm gonna mention in here, and I've done some homework. I've actually spoken to multiple Greek people because every single time someone who's of non-Greek background tries to announce a Greek word, they butcher it. So I've done my homework, so please help me out here. And it's by J. Lee Grady. Listen to this amazing description of this word fellowship. The Greek word used for fellowship, kinonia, come on, in your lounge room, wherever you are, I want you to say it with me. Kinonia appears in Acts 2.42 for the first time in the Bible. Remember, that was that's our keynote verse for this whole thing. Uh, it, it is then it is used 18 times throughout the New Testament. Kinonia, which also can be translated as, come on, look at that word down there: partnership. The coming together, I love this, is a supernatural grace that causes Christians to love one another deeply. Look at this. It was not possible before Pentecost because it is a manifestation of the indwelling Holy Spirit. Fellowship is supposed to be a supernatural expression that came via the Holy Spirit. Oh, I'm loving this. I'm hoping you're getting something out of this. After the outpouring of the Spirit in Acts 2, kinnonia, Caused the early disciples to do Acts 2:43 to 47. Look at this: to share their possessions unselfishly, to share meals often. Many people decided to become Christians when they witnessed this loving community. Friend, I don't know how much that excites you, but I'm looking at this and saying, wait a minute, this supernatural fellowship that caused people to be generous, to break out signs, wonders and miracles, that taught people to love each other. Friend, one of the things that I get disheartened by the most, that that challenges me the most, is when you see division in his church. friend we're supposed to have this supernatural love towards one another. Now I know we're all imperfect people and all these different things and we come with our own challenges and problems and backgrounds. But when you come in alignment, when you come into fellowship with Christ, He wants you to be in fellowship, in partnership with His people, with His church. Fellowship, when it's done the Bible's way, what the Bible's telling us, when it's done in partnership, one of the things fellowship does is it amplifies our witness to the world. It says to people that, hey, there's something supernatural about this relationship. Look how Jesus put it. And I love how Eugene Peterson puts it in in the message version. It says in John 13, 34 to 35, it says, Let me give you a new command. Love one another in the same way I love you, you love one another. This is how Everyone will recognise your friend at work, that person on your football team, that guy that you serve coffee every day, they're gonna see this witness happening that you are my disciples. How does the world know that we belong to Jesus based on the fellowship, the partnership we have with other believers? When they see the love you have for each other. Friend, I want my witness, I want your witness to be to the world to be that of fellowship and partnership. There's a couple in our church um, who've recently moved here uh, from Brisbane. They're a family, they've got four beautiful children and you know, they've come from a different state. You know, they snuck in, like in this gap of lockdown, they came and, they, and they've and they made their home here and, that's, and they've called Lifehouse home and we love them. But you know, I can imagine, that they've literally born and bred up in um, Northern Australia, you know, up in Queensland. And I can only imagine the challenge that would be of uprooting your family from everything that's familiar, everything that you've known, everything that is comfortable and and you've literally chased the call of God. They felt God lead them to a whole different state where they've had to almost start over to some degree regarding relationships. But I just heard recently, only last week, they were invited, as a family, they were invited to another family from our church to their home and, you know, they were having a beautiful dinner and this couple is around the same age and they've got um, a set of twins themselves and they, and they love God and they are really well connected here at Lifehouse. You know, by the end of that night, um, the guy that, you know, is from Life House and his new family, he's turned to the husband and to the wife and he's just sitting there looking at him and saying, hey, you know what? We love you guys. We want to let you know something. If on Saturday night you're wondering, who am I going to call? Who am I going to hang out with? And he just pointed to him and his wife and he said, you're looking at him, friend. That's fellowship. That's partnership. That's joining together and saying, hey, hey, you might feel lonely, but guess what? You've got a couple right here that have got your back. I understand you've moved to um, a whole different state, but I wanna let you know that we love you, we value you, we accept you. We wanna go into partnership with you. And you know, I'm very sensitive because you may be on the other side of this screen and you might be going, hey, "But Hey, hey, that hasn't happened for me. Can I, I said there's gonna be a bit of challenge. Can I lay a challenge down for you? Be that for someone else. Be a person who is you're willing to invite them into your world and come into partnership, into fellowship, with them. I'm hoping you're getting this. I'm going to read a part of that description that Jay Lee Grady gave earlier. Once again, it says kinonia, which also can be translated as partnership remember this, is a supernatural grace that causes Christians to love one another deeply. This couple that invited this couple from Queensland to their home, what motivated them to make a statement saying, hey, on Saturday night, you can, we're the couple you can call. Supernatural grace that only comes through genuine fellowship. Friend, I wanna encourage you. Lifehouse Church was and is continuing to be built on fellowship. You know, if you look at our history 18 years ago, our senior pastors, Pastor Richard and Helen Kabakian, they started in fellowship with 17 other people in their front lounge room. And you fast forward the clock, 18 years later, it is still being built on fellowship through a key expression. And here at LifeHouse, we call them grow groups. Grow Groups is where you're gonna experience this amazing partnership that as you come into alignment with a group of guys, a group of girls, a mixed one, whatever you attend, young adults, you're gonna feel the partnership of fellowship that helps you to move forward faster and further. You know, I heard a quote saying, alone, you can go faster, but together we can go further. I absolutely love that. I recall there was a day that, you know, I was running a um, a men's grow group and I absolutely loved it. And I was running it out of my garage. It may have helped the fact that I had a coffee van because I owned the business at the time. So that was a draw card. You know, we'd have anywhere up to, you know, kind of 15 to 20 guys coming each week, getting around the Word of God, devoting themselves to this, what we're talking about in this series of the Word of God, to prayer, to fellowship. And I remember being at the gym one day and my prayer always is, and I wanna encourage you with the same prayer, it's not a super supernatural prayer. It's not something that only certain people do. But I believe if you if you pray this prayer, it postures your, postures your heart to be open to the people that God wants to bring your way. And I said, Father, today, bring me people that want to know you. I walk into the gym, I run into a guy, and I said to him, I felt God say to me, ask him to come to Grow Group tonight. So I had a chat with him, and I turned out that my mom and my grandfather know him. And I had this conversation with him. And I invited him that night. He comes and he just gets swept up in the genuine love, the fellowship, the partnership that I've got with these other guys. And in all honesty, I'm just there on the coffee machine and he's just talking to the other guys, not even to me. And yet I'm the connection to him, to that group. And by the end of the night, I extend an invitation to say, and I'm going to give you one at the end of this message to say, hey, guys, I want to be sensitive to a room like this. If there is anyone here in here that doesn't have a personal relationship with Jesus. By the way, that's that's the catalyst for this fellowship that I'm talking about, an intimate relationship with Jesus. I just wanna invite you, we're all gonna close our eyes and I want you, if that's you, I'd love for you just to raise your hand in a, in a response of surrender to say, hey, that's me. Every head goes down and this guy that I met at the gym, his hand, I didn't even make the call and his hand just went boom, straight up. And I, we pray a prayer. He starts this intimate relationship with Jesus. But it was after that that I said, Hey bro, do you want to say something to the boys? And so today I almost get tears when I think about his response. He simply said, guys, the thing you don't what you don't know is that tonight, if I stayed at home, I was potentially considering divorcing my wife. But it was the love of God experienced with his fellow believers. The fellowship he came into changed his heart position and condition and all of a sudden he's praying a prayer and that years later, even today, he's in love with his wife, he's moving forward, he's a passionate follower of Jesus, all because he came into partnership in a grow group. Come on, let's get excited about this. This is so, so amazing. It's in a grow group that we actually partner together to fulfil the purpose statement of this church. Maybe you've never heard it before, go something like this. Lifehouse Church exists to connect people to Jesus and His church, creating passionate followers of Christ. Notice it didn't say dormant, pew warming believers. It says passionate followers of Christ. I hope that even through this screen, my passion is breaking through, but it's don't think I'm just passionate on my own. That one of the reasons why I'm so passionate is because I am connected to the one who is this everlasting source of passion. Many of you may have seen the movie, it's called The Passion of the Christ. Passion drove him to do what he did. And I wanna encourage you that we wanna create passionate followers of Christ. But you know, being devoted into this fellowship, into partnership, yes, it puts our witness to the world on display, but it also leads to growth. And here's the one where you wanna buckle up maybe just a little bit, because I'm gonna, like I said, I'm gonna challenge you, but if we're gonna grow, it's gotta be a participation. It's not a spectator sport. Christianity is not a spectator sport. We wanna get involved on the field and actually be active in our ministry for Christ. When I was a chaplain at um, a local high school, I used to teach these young guys and I had a, a core group of them. There was about eight or 12 of them. Sound familiar? 12 guys and I used to hang out with them on an oval. We'd go for walks and we'd have a laugh. And there was an incident where, you know, their mate got into some serious trouble, but often they wouldn't back them in terms of encouraging them to get out of it. They would encourage them with these things. And they would all get into these big scraps and big punch-ons. And, and obviously it caused a whole bunch of um, mess at the school. But when I'd get with them and I'd say, hey boys, how many of you love the gym? And they're like, and these are these are all these big, um you know, South Pacific Islander boys. And they respected me because I've got that background as well. And... You know, I'd say, how many of you love the gym? They're like, oh, yes, sir, I love it, love it. Helps me with my rugby, this, that, that. And I'm like, awesome. I'll go, so when you're doing a bench press and that weight is beyond your own personal capacity and you're trying to push it up, what actually helps you? And then this one guy, the quietest guy in the room, to be honest, he says to me, he goes, a spotter, sir, like that. And I'm like, all right, help me out. So I start to unpack it with him. What does a spotter actually do? Well, the spotter actually comes underneath you, whether it's from your elbows or on the bar, and they help push you beyond your current limitation. They help you push a weight that you couldn't push by yourself. And friend, when it comes to the life of faith, when it comes to walking with Jesus, you can't do it alone. You need spotters all around you. You don't need a heap of them, but you need a few of them. That's why you need to be in a grow group to have people spotting you. Maybe it's a spotter in your marriage. Maybe it's a spotter in your finances. Maybe it's a spotter because you need a job or some meals, some practical assistance right now. Friend, we are never beyond help. And I wanna encourage you just like I did with these boys. I'd encourage them about spotting, that they need these guys in their life to work together. But you know, when it comes to spotting, this this partnership, there is a need, I believe, in terms of our own humanity that I think we struggle with. And if I'm gonna be very transparent with you, I'm putting my hand up and saying, I'm the first because I find this difficult myself. And I call this the hot principle. And you're gonna see this come down at the bottom of the screen in just a moment. When I led my grow group last year, I think one of the keys of our success, if you will, that when I was leading young adults uh, in this grow group was the fact that we developed this hot principle. And the hot principle is simply this, is the need, the desire to be honest, open and transparent. What does that mean? That we walk around in life, come on, help me out here. Please don't leave me hanging, because I'm 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 guilty of this myself. We'll often walk around with the facade, the wall up, that people want to see our insta life, our our perfect um perfection of our of our life. But when we look at it, when we if we were really honest, I heard a friend say one time that, you know, people are really good at getting renderers in to render their brickwork. And I'm like, bro, what do you mean by that? And we had a conversation, and he goes, you know, if your life was a house and the brickwork was cracking. And he goes, what we do is we call the renderer, you know, of Instagram or the renderer of, hey, my life is awesome. You know, if, you, if your life is awesome, please say it is. But if your life's not awesome, just be real, be hot, be honest, open and transparent. doesn't mean, you know, you're a, you're a Debbie Downer every time we connect with you, but be real, be real. You know, I, heard, I love one of the leaders I follow, Craig he says, people will always follow a leader that's always real than one that's always right. And I love this, this hot principle. And when I'm talking to this guy, he goes, you know, we'll get the, um, the renderer in and they'll, they'll render over the brickwork. But the problem is six months later, the brickwork starts cracking again through the render. And why, friend? You know why? Because we never address the foundation. And when you're hot, when you're honest, open and transparent in a grow group, you can connect with people who will not judge you who will not bag you because of your your failure or your mishap or your mistake. You will be loved in genuine fellowship, in genuine partnership with people who want to move you forward. You know, there's a guy in our grow group last year, and one of my leaders uh, in this Grow Group, he just simply said, hey guys, in the midst of COVID, what's God doing to you right now? And this guy was in a, a great profession, earning a great salary. He'd gone to uni, done all these great things, but he was really honest with the group. He was hot, he was honest, open and transparent. None of you are gonna forget that hot principle now. And he said, he goes, hey guys, you know what? I'm doing this job and I've, I'm married and I've got this great stuff going on, but I've really had a desire to do this particular profession and go after this dream. In a very short period of time, just from that one conversation in a grow group, from that one conversation, he ended up doing multiple sessions online with different groups of people for this profession. He ended up um, going and actively chasing this dream because one guy said, "Hey hey guys, what is God speaking to you about in this season of COVID? Now I'm happy to report he's in the middle of filming a reality TV series based on his dream. How amazing is that? But where did it happen? In fellowship, in partnership, in a grow group. And I honestly believe God has got that for every single one of us. Check this out. The power of partnership is most effective when we are willing to let others in and work together to move forward. The power of partnership. And you know, I look at the life of Jesus and I love the fact that He was the ultimate grow group leader, if we were honest. he He could have done, Do you agree that him as the son of God, as God made flesh, he could have radically changed the world upside down all on his own if he wanted to. But that wasn't his strategy. Just like us as a church, we believe that ministry is for the church by the church. That we want to help you activate you in your sphere of work, in your education sector, in your sphere of influence to be the best you can be for Jesus in that space. And Jesus is walking along the beach one day and calls a couple guys and says, he says this statement. And I believe that this invitation that he gave to his disciples into fellowship is the same invitation he extends to us today. Listen to this. I love this. It's this one of my favorite verses of scripture in Mark 1:17. Jesus said, Then Jesus said to them, Follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. Now, friend, the reality is when you start a relationship with Jesus, that is like the starter's gun going off at the start of a race. But then when you engage in your relationship with Jesus, He has a becoming process, a becoming journey for both you and I. And I honestly believe at the start of that becoming journey, before we can even get going, there is something we need to do first. We need to make a decision to come into fellowship in
0: partnership with Jesus. Hi, I'm Richard and pastor of life House Church. Just wanted to say thank you for listening to this message and I hope and pray that you feel that it's added value to your life. My greatest desire is to see people develop a personal relationship with Jesus, which can begin by praying a very simple prayer. I'm going to pray that prayer right now. And if you'd like to begin that relationship, you can just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. I choose you as my only hope of being forgiven. Please come into my life and let me begin a relationship with you that will last for all eternity. If you've prayed that prayer, we would love to know about it and celebrate your fantastic decision. You can do that by sending an email to mydecision at lifehouse.com.au. We look forward to hearing from you.